0: Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips, too. So let's get the show started.
1: Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast. Our listeners on our FM station in New York and our listeners on our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you.
2: We have a great show for all of our Food Farms and Chefs fans with a sweet beginning as we speak with Creme Brulee's owner. Then we're gearing up for a summer long festival called Old City Eats. And we end our show with a pit master and his grilling techniques on Food Farms and Chefs. And today we have Oscar Marin, who is the owner of Creme Brulee food Truck. Oscar, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, You've been on the show before and you've talked about numerous things, including your Creme brulee Food Truck, which um, you're now doing as a catering event.
3: Yeah, so I'm just focusing on uh, private catering over doing uh, street festivals and things like that. It just makes more sense. It's guaranteed money and I don't really have to worry about losing product or anything, especially now when everything's way too expensive.
2: Yeah, everything is very expensive. And, you know, as long as you're being able to, to bring the products out and people have obviously enjoy, you know, your creme brulees. Um, now, you also, during quarantine, had offered up kits for the creme brulee.
3: Yeah, so the kits were uh, Torture Yourself kits. Um, my followers were asking, oh, can we get some, can we get some? I was like, yeah, fine, I'll do it. I sold a good amount uh, for Valentine's Day, I believe, a couple years ago. Uh, I think the first or second year uh, in COVID, and I partnered up with uh, Pizza John down in uh, Maniunk, and I sold a good amount through there. And then privately, I still do it here and there if people reach out to me, but I don't push it publicly anymore. I was trying to work on something for e-commerce, but that's been a difficult avenue <laughs> because I forgot how expensive things really are, especially with shipping and ice and all that fun stuff. But yeah. Overall, I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, catering has been doing very well for me. A lot of weddings... A lot of corporate events and, you know, things along those lines, birthdays, graduation parties, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Now, while we were, you know, waiting to start today, you had actually gotten into a little bit of the logistics behind um, the food truck industry um, insofar as its popularity. And so what (laughs) – because you are also related to Philly Bar, Bar Philly Yard Bar. Thank you. I tripped over that several times. Yeah, Philly Yard Bar. (laughs) With your brother's um, food truck. So um, I know that you- So it's
3: more of a food trailer, or I'm sorry, it's more of a trailer. It's not a food truck, per se. So what it is, Philly Yard Bar, you can follow that on Instagram. You can see it yourself. It's just a trailer that opens up. You have two trailers now. One is a 32, and I think the other one is a 28 foot. So the one side wall drops down. It opens up to a patio, uh, for lack of a better word. And then in the back, you have a bar set up with bar stools and everything there. Uh, they've been doing unbelievably well also with all their private catering and things along those lines, too.
2: Now, just out of curiosity with that, do you have to provide your own alcohol, or do they do they have a package deal where, uh, where he provides alcohol? We
3: are a vessel, or they are a vessel, I should say. So whoever books the party, if they want to have any type of alcohol or beverage, they would provide it uh, for their event um basically it's a glorified uh tent setup but it's a lot nicer than a tent setup i mean you're paying for almost around the same amount of money for a tent to cover 50 people with the yard bar you're doing basically the same thing but you don't have to put it up pay for it put up be in your yard forever and then you just close it up and roll out it's really it's really really nice (laughs) i mean we're gonna have a family party for my niece's graduation i believe next week no in june so we'll be using both for that and i don't have to pay for that one so (laughs) i know
2: (laughs) which is always a positive Uh, yeah (laughs) um and now circling back to the crumble leg uh you had also discussed with me and i don't know if this is you know going to be public or not but like um an alternate version of the kits um i don't know if you're going to move forward with that but um but you know, are are you going to make the kits available still for purchase, at least locally?
3: Locally, yes. If people reach out to me, I have no problem with that. I usually have plenty in stock, meaning creme brulees, uh, depending on what parties and how busy I am for the week. But if people do reach out to me, yes, I will take care of that for them. Because, I mean, if they're local, I don't see why not. I have no issue with that. Now, the other thing you're talking about? No, I'm not. I can't discuss that one. No, okay.
2: And that's fair. Um, And so I want to also circle into your family's business because, you know, you're heavily tied into your father's business when his restaurant in, you know, that's in obviously not the most, you know, gentrified area (laughs) of Philadelphia. Um, It's not
3: the nicest part, no.
2: But, like, I mean... I've been there. I've been there. I think a couple of times, yes. and um, yeah, no issue. Yeah, and I never have an issue. Parking's are always available, but the food, <laughs> the food, the food that you you guys put out is just unbelievable. Like, honestly, like I I don't know if you've seen any kind of influx. You know, given that you know, the pandemic is kind of wavering. We don't know if it is coming around again, but um, everybody's allowed to be out and about. But um, I I love your food, your father's food, like, and everything that you guys create. Um, I haven't been out, so I don't know if you dropped off, like, a goodie bag or whatnot when you arrived. No, not today. <laughs> but, um, but, like, you know, talk about some of the things that you guys have available, you know, that, you know, might be new or, you know, some of your more popular
3: items. Not really anything new. Um, you know, luckily, during COVID, we never had a loss. I think we only closed one day. Uh, during COVID, um, but other than that, we've been holding out strong. Um, our heavy hitters, our fried chicken, our um, chicharron, our empanadas, all the pupusas that we make also, we've never, there was never any loss. If anything, it went uh, it went up, everything in the sense of bringing in more people to come in. Um, I mean, it's been good. I don't, I, I'm like going on wood, like not to jinx anything, but it has been good and food-wise, everything, everybody's still getting the same exact things. We're known for our pupusas, we're known for the chicharron, we're known for our empanadas. I mean, it's always been our heavy hitters. I mean, we have our breads also, we have our and and amohanas and some stuff like that. <laughs> but um, overall, I mean, it's it's uh, it's been very good for us. I mean, we're, I'm not complaining, my parents aren't complaining, nobody's complaining. Yeah,
2: and now, it's something that else that you know people have also seen is the workforce have you guys seen any kind of you know problem do you find yourself having problems getting like workers in no No.
3: we never had workers we never fired we never lost we didn't fire we never lost anyone we retained everyone everybody was taken care of um like i said we were never closed we only closed one day and it's been good i'm the only difference is is I believe I talked about last time is we went from a sit down style restaurant with a bar setup, to meaning you sit at a bar food is brought to you to a strictly takeout. And it has been very positive for us. There was never, we never had a lull in anything. Granted we had to put prices up because everything has gone up so much, at least 20%. I mean, we, we go through like 600 pounds of pork belly a week. Um, Esposito's—that's who we uh, purchase our pork belly from. Sometimes has some issues, but I mean, I, I can't blame them for that. I mean, we just go through a lot of lot of pork belly. It's sometimes it's ridiculous. I think the most we've ever gone through was like in a month, well, like three thousand pounds or something like that. It was it was it was crazy. It was a lot of a lot of pork going out of that restaurant.
2: You know what's really funny? Your your father's restaurant was the first time I ever had pork belly
3: like chicharron or just pork belly in general
2: pork belly belly in general like oh, man it was the very first time and like i don't know if you remember this or not but like when i when you presented it to me i like went to like dig in and you're like no you're supposed to and I you're like okay because I, I just full on was just like yeah, I. Don't,
3: I don't remember what I said.
2: <laughs> you kind of gave up because I, I was like, like yeah, no, shoved it I'm in not,
3: my mouth. Not, people are gonna eat the way they want to eat it. I can't. <laughs> I can't stop that from
2: that. I just remember that that was kind of like.
3: Oh, I think of it, I think you need, I told you to put lemon or lime on it or something. Yeah, and was I was just like for the flavor cut or fat cut. You know?
2: <laughs> and I was like mid bite, and you were like, "Oh, never mind." It's <laughs> yeah, <just> lost cause. <laughs> I just wanted to eat it.
3: Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I mean, it's funny. Growing up, I've had park belly in different ways but i will always go back to the way that i had i mean i was recently in uh Columbia doing some things and i had food out that way and i was like man i miss food from home man it's like a different type of seasoning that we have here versus what they have i'm not saying what Colombia has is bad no i think it's anything is the opposite i think they have better food and produce that we will never get here but the pork belly in general no i think we have a better product here
2: that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion that's good to know. You know, so hey, everybody out there, go get some pork belly from uh
3: Love about the bakery. Yeah. <laughs> 5211 North Second Street.
2: There you go. So um I want to also announce to our viewers or listeners, I should say, um, that you have a new endeavor that you're gonna be taking on.
3: Yeah, so I have uh, good friends of mine uh, and I'm helping them out with something. Uh it's going to be called Real me- uh Give me a second. <laughs> Real Latin kitchens. It's going to be over in Glen Mills. It's going to, need to be a focus on uh, Latin foods. So my one friend, uh, Ulysses, is Mexican, so he's going to be focusing more so on the Mexican style f- uh, food styling. But we're going to have some type of Colombian foods, mainly arepas that are stuffed. So like Venezuelan, Colombian style foods that we're working on right now. And hopefully within the next month, month and a half, we can get everything up and rolling. I mean, the kitchen's already built. We're just you know, the logistics behind opening up a new place. It's a brick and mortar, so. And we're trying to focus on the same thing that we do now over at La Focata is uh, we're going to try to push it mainly to takeout versus uh, sit-down restaurant, because I feel as if that's the easiest way to go, and everybody's happier that way.
2: Now, um, do you guys have the menu set? I, I mean, you mentioned the arap- arapas, arapas, arapas. yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, is it fully set? No. I mean, we're still tweaking, but... Uh, I'm going to give you more of the responsibility for that. I'm just there overseeing everything and making sure nobody is losing any money (laughs) in general. (laughs) But I know it'll be fine. I mean, like I said, I mean, in that location, there was another uh, Mexican place there. So I know it'll be fine just as is. So it's just we're just waiting to fully open up and let him enjoy himself and make money and feed the masses. Because I do believe it's going to be crazy when it does open up. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Now one one thing that I always I kind of always look for when when I look for Latin food is tortas. I love, you know, the tortas sh- the sandwiches where it's like or like cubanos and stuff like that. Um, you know, do do you know if any of that is going to be on the menu or can I get that from uh La Fogata?
3: Neither. I don't mm. La <laughs> to know that's more of a Mexican style and we're Colombian. I mean, we do Central American stuff, but my mainly it's focus on Colombian and Central American at the uh, Real Latin Kitchens. Uh, maybe that could be a special. I just, we're trying to make it to where it's easy to uh, produce and send out the door in a timely manner. All that matters to us is time and how fast you can put something out the window. I mean, we know the product is great. It's just, we want to push, 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 push as fast as we can. That way we don't have to wait. I don't know if we will pour Tortas or, you know, uh, cubano on it, but. There's a chance now that you bring it up, I'm gonna get yelled at when I ask them about it. But <laughs> we, we it's something we're gonna have to definitely look into now.
2: Because <laughs> I brought it yeah, up. Because you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what the heck? But, <laughs> or like plantains? Are you gonna have plantains? Oh yeah,
3: we'll, yeah. We'll, I mean, we have plantains over at the bakery now. As yeah. Is. Yeah, we'll probably we'll have uh, some type of plantano over at this other place too. I mean, something easy and simple just to be pushed out the window or pushed out. And sold as quick as possible. Yeah, trying to make it like a fast casual place. Think of like Chipotle and things along those lines, but just easier and just different styles of foods.
2: Would you ever have anything like pan con uh, platanos? Because I feel like you know, if you you like mash the platanos or something like that, and like kind of like you know how you put a ribbon of um one of one of the breads that you make at La Fagata Bakery. There's like I think. A raspberry or a strawberry that gets... Um...
3: Uh, Chicharron de guayaba, yeah, 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 yeah. Could we do something similar to that? Yeah. Uh, at this location, probably not.
2: Uh.
3: Only because of space. Not at the bakery. I'm talking about real, uh, real land kitchens. Uh, space-wise, it's very tough. I mean, we're not... We don't have a big square footage there. there a lot comes down to space. But, especially baking there, no. It's going to be very difficult. Very, very difficult there.
2: Would you be able to have, you know basically tap into your father's bakery in order to like provide some of that that's far oh it is that's far <laughs>
3: from here all the way up to Glen mills Oof, that's like an hour drive if you don't get stuck in traffic
2: mm, that's true that traffic on 76 and 676 is and then, not so good
3: then or we could go down 95 to 322 no it's all of it
2: <laughs> as we lose listeners because they're like traffic, yeah, traffic, report. <laughs> <laughs> traffic <report. laughs> um so getting back to the food aspect of everything. So um, one of my favorite creme brulees that you make, and I'm wondering if you're still making them or provide them in the kits because you you used to make this candied bacon creme brulee that was like ridiculous. Oh, uh, the
3: maple bacon creme brulee. Yeah. What was your question? I'm sorry, I was...
2: Um. Do you still make that? Yes, or, I still you make know...
3: it. It's mainly a special, and that has gotten expensive because pork has gotten expensive. So it's like... It's like a $10 creme brulee, just as is, because pork is so, <laughs> so, so expensive. I provide it every now and then. I mean, it is on my catering menu, and I have gotten it. Specifically, actually, I have a grads and dads coming up in June, and the father ordered for himself uh, the maple, uh, maple bacon creme brulee. He's like, oh, I had it before. I need to have it again. I was like, all oh, right, yeah, that's fine. Not a problem with me. <laughs>
2: I can get behind that.
3: Yeah. I have no problem with that. Whatever you want, ten dollars though. Thank
2: you. <laughs> you should do like an Elvis want version of that. Oh, uh, bacon with, uh, peanut with peanut butter and, and jelly. I believe. I don't. I can't uh, remember if it's banana. Banana. Yeah, it's oh, okay.
3: Banana, peanut butter, and uh, bacon. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I to try that. One. Yeah, Maybe that would be myself. a
2: good one. <laughs> you hear it? You heard it first on Food Farms and Chefs. So I'm giving him ideas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what that really means is you just want one, too. Yeah, that's so true. Let's be I'll drop one off. <laughs> I'll drop a couple off for everybody here.
2: And um, so obviously you have your hands tethered into a lot of different um, avenues of the food world because, you know, you, you have, you know, your own, which is creme brulee. You have your brother's, which you help promote, which is Philly Yard Bar. And then, you know, La fagata. And now you're going to be adding it with the Latin Kitchens. So you are just heavily tied into all of that. And, you know, just your background with all of the like in the food inter- industry is is admirable.
3: 16 years, 17 years. I don't know. I was at the bakery when I was like 13. I'm 32 now. Whatever the math is on that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just enjoy food. I don't I could never imagine sitting in a office. <laughs> As I look around here uh, in an office in front of a computer all day. If anything, I just hate doing paperwork, but it needs to be done. But I'd rather be out uh, talking and promoting anyone and everyone that I can. I mean, if I had the time, I would promote every single one of my food truck friends, anyone that owns a restaurant here in Philadelphia. I'd be more than happy to do that. It's one of my favorite things to do because I know everybody has a great product.
2: Yes, we do. Now, um,. Before I have to end your segment, um, where can we find all of the various uh, restaurants and <laughs> information on you and all of your uh, different endeavors?
3: All right. So first, creme brulee, uh, at creme brulee FT on Instagram, at creme brulee on uh, what's the other one? Facebook, so C R E M E B R O L E E F T or without the F T, you can find me on either one of those uh, social media platforms. I'm doing a lot of catering and uh, graduation parties and things like that. Uh, Lafo got the bakeries, 5211 North Second Street in Philadelphia, one nine one two zero. You'll find a place when there's a bunch of people quadruple parking in the in the street um, and waiting to get inside. That's usually them. Um we're open around we open up at 5:30, we close at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um Philly Yard Bar, uh that is at Philly Yard Bar on Instagram and on uh Facebook. We have all their contact information there. I know they're super super busy, so if you guys want to rent something out for um grads and dads good luck cuz I know uh their June is pretty much packed. Uh, even see them we don't even do family dinner anymore because we're all we're all we're all busy which stinks but it is what it is and then um real latin kitchens that's hopefully opening up within the next uh, month month and a half that is over on uh, 391 wilmington westchester pike and Glen mills And like i said hopefully within the next month month and a half they'll be up and ready to go
2: all right. Well, Oscar, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs.
3: Oh, well, My pleasure. I always love coming here. I always, got, uh, I always love supporting this, uh, this uh, radio, and it's, it's always fun for me, especially since I get to see you guys. I haven't seen you guys in a year. I mean, we talked every now and then, but it's yeah. always nice to be
2: here. Yeah, and see you in person. Definitely. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I think we need to take a break. Sounds good. Let's take a break, and we'll be
0: right back. To become a sponsor of our show, and promote your business or event on every single podcast platform, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, in addition to WWDB Talk Radio every Tuesday at 6 p.m. evening drive time. Email us today at diningonadime at yahoo.com for our very
1: low rates. And we're back. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest.
2: Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to Chef Nate Johnson, who is the director of culinary at Garces. Um, he is joining our show to talk about not only the restaurants that are participating under the Garces group, but also Old City Eats block party and Old City Eats throughout the summer. Chef Nate, thank you for joining us for on Food Farms and Chefs.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure.
2: (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Um, So first off, um, you are obviously, you know, the chef behind the Garces Group. Um, So what is it like, what kind of um, food do you offer at the restaurants that you uh, provide your talents at?
1: Sure. So we're actually, we range quite a bit. Um, So we have... Um, a quick service restaurant, Buena Onda Tacos, that's up in Paramount. Um That is serving Baja-style um, fresh fish tacos and shrimp tacos. We also have a Spanish restaurant, Amada, in Old City. Um, they are um, Andalus- Andalusian Spanish tapas. Um, and then we have the Old Bar, which is kind of an, a nod to the old Bookbinders. Uh, seafood House kind of meets Jersey Shore Seafood House um, with lots and lots of character. Um, And then we also have a fine dining restaurant, Volver, which is located inside the Kimmel Center of Performing Arts. Um, And then finally, we have Village Whiskey, which is over by Rittenhouse Square, um, serving all different types of whiskeys, delicious burgers, duck fat French fries, um, and that kind of good bar snack. Um, So we really run the gamut. We have a ton of different concepts, and it's really fun. And we also have a, a very large catering division as well
2: which is amazing because you know anybody who's looking to eat well, they can come to you guys and clearly get a great menu from you. Um, so you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you are also participating <laughs> in um, the Old City Eats Festival, which there's a huge block party that kicks it off. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that and how your restaurants are participating?
1: Sure. So they, yeah, they block off um, the area between Market Street and Chestnut Street on Second, um, and they block off the whole area. And and basically, all the local restaurants come, and we have um, little stands where we're featuring um, kind of one little bite and um, a specialty, either cocktail or beverage. Um, So we have the Old Bar that's participating, which is located on Second and Walnut, and then we also have Amada participating, which is located at 217 Chestnut in between second and third. Um, So Amada's featuring our zanahariya, which is a a carrot and quinoa salad perfect for kind of the hot weather around the corner. Um, And we're offering it at a discounted price to our our normal menu item. Um, And then we're also featuring a Spanish mojito, um, which has Bacardi Ocho in it, which is one of the sponsoring partners of the program. um, And that's available as well. And then of course, Amada's right there. So if you want anything more, you can just walk over. Um, And then the Old Bar is offering our famous shrimp cocktail, uh, three pieces of jumbo shrimp um, with our house cocktail sauce. And then they're also offering um, makeshift brewing. um, It's a Whirlpool Hazy Pale Ale um, for $5 a can. Um, And that's just for the kickoff event. And then we run specials in the restaurant um, every Thursday from 4 to 7 p.m. through the month of August. And that's kind of – what this whole old city eats is. Um, So it makes it great kickoff party and then kind of roll into the standard um, programming, I guess, for the rest of the summer.
2: Which is fun, and it should be fun. Um, And now I know that the kickoff party also is providing live music.
1: They are, yeah. There's a couple different locations that um, I think like Sassafras, which is um, right on 2nd Street, they're providing some jazz music. um, And then there's a couple other things that are happening as well. Some of the other um, local vendors and stuff like that will come out and and just kind of lay their mark down and and so it makes it really fun. Um, the block is is busy and there's ton of ton of buzz and lots of noise and lots of good smells and and people being merry.
2: And it and you know people being merry is definitely needed after like you know we're all kind of still shaking off some of that quarantine dust and you know I I feel like this is the first summer back um, where we actually get to go out and engage with different people. So um, h- how important is it as one of the restaurants that are within that, that range that in old city to be able to participate in this and engage in the the community?
1: Yeah. So like I said, we've, we've been doing this every year since um, it's come to fruition and um, it's really exciting for our teams, not to only break up the monotony, but kind of Present our products and our brands in, in a different light in a different atmosphere. It's nice to kind of say hello to familiar faces and new faces from the community in a different setting and, and engage them in a different manner. Um, it's also just fun. I mean, this is kind of it's the week, the week before, I guess, a couple days before uh, Memorial Day, so it kind of just I feel like it's just a great kickoff to the summer. Um, and then we kind of keep it going, like I said, on Thursday nights at the locations. Um, and so it's just, it's important for us to be part of that and to be present. And, um, like I said, it engages kind of the local community. Old City has a lot of tourism that it benefits from on the weekends, but, um, you know, all the people that live there day in and day out, they're around during the week. And, and that's really what this kind of thing is, um, is geared towards instead so to getting them out and, and giving them a little bit of extra amenity and a little bit of extra fun. <laughs>
2: Now, um, throughout the summer, and, you know, especially, like, during the weeks, obviously, like, you as a restaurant, you know, or multiple restaurants, I should say, because it is Garcia's Group, um, offer different specials and different meals and happy hours. What else can we find, you know, throughout the week and over the weekend um, at your your restaurants? Yeah, so
1: we, um, most of our restaurants are open and starting at 4 p.m., so we offer a happy hour at our restaurants from 4 to 6. Um, and each each location has different kind of specials going on. Um, most of them are just discounted versions of things that are on on the standard menu. Um, there are a couple locations that have specials. Um, you know, for the Old City Eats, it, it was important to us to, to feature and pair with some of the sponsors and some of our the other participants. Um, so for us, um, we're going to run at the Old Bar, um, we're running um, – I'm sorry, we're running the shrimp cocktail, which I talked about, and that's going to continue at at the uh, location, um, and then we're also going to offer um, a, the Night Shift Brewing beer that I already talked about. I'm sorry, and then...
2: No, you're um, fine. <laughs> and, the, and there's a mojito. Amada's, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Amada's offering a mojito, and then they're actually going to discount um, one of our top sellers, which is our gambas aliquillo. It's a garlic shrimp. Um, so that'll be available at a discounted price as well at Amada. So um, again, just good au- options and good offerings um, to kind of get people in the door and, and say thanks for coming out,
2: which is always a good thing. Now, um, you there's also a bunch of different holidays that are happening. Through, you know, obviously it's spring. You're getting, you know, you are Mother's Day is just passed, but I know Father's Day is just right around the corner. Um, are you guys mm-hmm. offering any kind of celebrations as far as that's concerned?
1: Yeah, so um, we like to hit the standard kind of holidays. Um, We did some great brunch offerings for Mother's Day. Um, Actually, the old bar just went through a brunch menu change, and we kind of started a biscuit program, we're calling it. So it's kind of all things fell in love with biscuits. Um, So things like a smoked salmon biscuit, think of it like a bagel and lox, but done on a house-made biscuit. We also have kind of the standard biscuits and gravy. Um, There is an egg and sausage, biscuit sandwich. Um, a hot chicken biscuit. Um, so lots of really cool things there. Um, that was kind of launched just before Mother's Day. Um, and then Amata has had a long-time standing brunch uh, program as well, um, which is a pre kind of set price. You get to pick from a certain menu. It gives you a whole bunch of options to pick from, um, and there's some shared posts in there. Um, and just, just a really great offering at a good price point on the weekends. Um, and then for Father's Day, we typically run kind of big things that dads would love Um, whiskey cocktail at your bar um, and things like you know a a large ribeye or something like that that could be shared for the table Um, village whiskey offers things like uh, the whiskey king burger which is pretty well known for being just overly extravagant Um, but yeah lots of lots of good stuff and then um, we have we have catering packages that are available for fourth of july is like bill packages Um, so options kind of everywhere
2: I love options. Um, Now, I want to actually focus a little bit more on the old bar because you said that is a seafood heaven um, heavy menu. Um, Mm. One of the things that I absolutely adore is like anything that has like a like pan seared, you know, bay scallops, like the big chunky scallops and, um, you know, like a full bronzini um, that's grilled. Do you have anything like that that you have available?
1: So we actually, we have a base gallop pappardelle, which is pretty pretty popular. It's um, We get fresh-made pasta from New Jersey, um, and then it comes with an asparagus and scallion cream, um, some speck, and then a fermented chili sauce and pistachios. Um, so that's that's pretty popular as a big seller on our menu. Um, and then we also have, um, I think for me, kind of a standard in, in seafood fare, which everyone loves, is we have a... a I guess I would call it our famous version of a crab cake, but it's almost 100% crab. Very, very little filler, um, which is abnormal for a crab cake and, and pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> we do have things like Rondino actually on, on Volvera's menu right now, but not on the old bar menu, unfortunately. Um, we feature a lot of lobster options as well. Um, so we have a lobster corn dog, which is kind of a fun play on, a fried lobster application, um, and then there's a tamarind glazed lobster, and we have a lobster pie, and then, of course, kind of a standard, very large lobster roll. Um, as far as seared, seared items, like seared uh, fish and stuff like that, we, we do feature a Big Glory Bay salmon, which is really kind of nice and light. It comes with sunchokes and the sour apple and a horseradish cream, um, so definitely a lighter option than kind of some of the other things that I just
2: mentioned. Because, um, you know, it's great. I love the fact that Old City Eats is going to be something that happens every Thursday throughout the summer. But, you know, one of Mm -hmm. the the big draws about events like that is to also kind of bring your name out to people who might not already know about your restaurant to, you know. Yeah. So because it's a it's free to go, but it's, you know, paid per, you know, Each little spot, like whatever, you know, you want to pick up, like, you know, you you have to obviously pay for what you're getting, but it kind of opens people's people's um, viewpoint or, you know, opens up their their palettes to some of the different offerings that are happening, you know, in that that area on second street between chestnut and market. Um, so I it's one of those exciting things when seafood obviously is one of one of my big loves if anybody ever like pays attention yeah. to uh, some of the stuff that I say. I love seafood and I love beef. <laughs> those are my two sure. like heavy hitting ones. I also see that you have a signature clam bake which I it I, like on the menu it looks amazing. I, I kind of wish I had a fork that I could dig in right now. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, what else What else are you offering at Amada as far as menu is concerned?
1: So Amada is, like I said, it's Andalusian style Spanish tapas. Um, so small plates, kind of I, the idea is that you share everything for the table. Um, typically we recommend two to four plates per person. Um, there are certain things that are, have kind of been staples of Amada food for many years. Um, The ham croquettes, um, the gambas alajillo, which I referenced before. That's a a garlic shrimp with bread. Um, We also have a lamb albondigas, which is um, a lamb meatball, and it's in a truffle sherry cream with uh, sweet peas and a little bit of manchego cheese. Um, We have flatbreads, which are called cocas in Spain. We have one that's a a braised short rib with a bacon jam and horseradish. We also have an artichoke and, and truffle one um, and then kind of some of the larger format plates that we have is we have rosajot. Um, Rojajat is a, a well-known Spanish dish um, made of kind of vermicelli fideo noodles, and it's actually a seafood version. So um, we have mussels and shrimp and clams, and um, it's in a squid ink sauce, which is really, really nice. Um, and then we have our standard paella Valenciana, which comes with chorizo and chicken Um, And there is some mussels in there as well um, in a saffron with saffron rice. Um, And then we have have lots of other options too. There's the verde salad has been a favorite on the menu for ever since it was actually opened. Um, It has avocado and green beans, asparagus, and a sherry shallot vinaigrette. Um, And then we have some cured Spanish meats and cheeses. Um, So lots of options there. There's a vegetarian section of all the vegetables we like to offer.
2: Um, Yeah, lots of good stuff. It definitely sounds amazing and like you're making me hungry just talking about it. <laughs> I'm like sitting here and I'm am I'm, I'm staring at um my my laptop too with uh your menus and stuff open and I'm just like sure. and I'm salivating. I really would love to like <laughs> dig in right now. Um but again, like as I said, you know, you guys have old the Old Bar and also Amada that are that are located in Old City. So I think it's amazing that, you know, you you're participating in something that's going to bring just, you know, the community out and, you know, they can enjoy some of those, you know, specific items that you're going to be offering at a discounted price. And um and mm-hmm. you guys, I know, always use high quality ingredients, too, which, you know, makes it a huge difference. So. Um, how, you know, how do you come up with some of the recipes that that, you know, are, are being produced and, and whatnot and offered um, to to everyone at your restaurants?
1: Um, well, it's actually it's a pretty, pretty detailed and pretty immersive process. Um, we, to your point, a, the cornerstones of kind of Jose's food and Garcia's food are freshness and high quality ingredients treated technically sound. Um, we also kind of like to root our, uh, our menus in tradition, but refine them and kind of present them in a modern way. Um, so there are a couple different ways that dishes could come to fruition. Um, it could be from dining somewhere in the city and seeing an ingredient or a technique that we haven't seen before, or even outside the city if we're on vacation and see something exciting. It could be from one of our vendors coming to us and say, oh my gosh, I got these really awesome mushrooms. They're only going to be around for the next two months. You guys need to take a look at them. And that kind of develops into something. Um, and then just kind of a lot of research into, again, traditional dishes and, and how can we elevate them and bring them kind of into the into this century and, and make them appealing to people and diners now. Um, so that's really what we play around with. And then, and then we, we search for the best quality ingredients um, for example, our salmon that I discussed earlier at the Old Bar is um, Big Glory Bay Salmon, and that's a, um, a sustainably raised New Zealand salmon um, that is right now the best salmon that you can buy. Um, and it's just super, super flavorful and moist, and it has a high fat content, so it lends itself well to being pan seared. So kind of taking all of these things that we know about food and different flavor profiles and combinations... Um, the teams all kind of sit around and we have candid conversations. What what, what do we like? What don't we like? How would this work? What do we, what if we try this? What if we do that? And then there's a series of tastings um, with chef Jose and the chef at the restaurant and myself um, and the GM. And and we kind of, okay, well, this didn't work or this was really great. And let's add this component or let's change this and do it a couple of times. And then finally get to a product that we feel is is really awesome. And then it makes it on the menu.
2: And, uh, it, you know, thank you for going through all that process, too, because now we get to, you know, attend, like go attend Old City Eats, um, which kicks off on May 26th and try some of those um, fabulous meals that you've created that you just described.
3: Sure. Um, yeah, it's
2: exciting. <laughs> and now before we let you go, um, where can we find you and where can we find uh, the Garces group online?
1: Uh, so all the restaurants have their own website, um, but you can go to garcesgroup.com to kind of check out all of them. It can all be linked together. Um, we are located, like I said, the old bar is at second and Walnut street, right on the corner. Um, and Amada is at 217 chestnut street, which is in between second and third on chestnut. Um, and we're there five days a week, six days a week at Amada and five days a week at the old bar. Um, and hopefully you'll see us outside or inside. It's beautiful weather and we have wonderful patios that you can sit at and enjoy some some delicious food and cocktails.
2: All right. Chef Nate, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: <laughs> no problem. All right. Let's go to a break. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. To Dining on a Dime to hear from Gene Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at IBFoodie2 or Gene Blum at IBFoodie2 at Yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amorous Pollock and find her across social media at ARPOLLOCKUS at gmail.com. And we're back.
1: Amorous Pollock introduce us to your fabulous guest.
2: And welcome back. I would like to introduce all of you to Ray Sheehan. He is a friend of the show and also a pit master, an award-winning sauce maker, uh, cookbook (laughs) author. Like, you know, he does it all. And um, so, Ray, welcome back to the show. Hey, Amorous. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, So I am super excited because, I mean, you probably need to, I made a joke about this on social media, but it's probably going to happen. You keep winning awards. I mean, who, I don't know anybody who wins that many awards. You're like the, the nine, nine steps away person, you know, (laughs) who do you know who's famous? I know Ray. (laughs)
0: You know, I feel, I feel very blessed that, you know, that we've been recognized for the natural ingredients that make up our sauces. And the fact that they compete against these other sauces in all these different competitions where these other sauces are loaded with MSG and high corn syrup, and we're winning, and our products are clean. They don't have any of those things. It's just, you know what? I'm very grateful and uh, thankful for the recognition.
2: And you deserve the recognition because, as as everyone knows, um, I've tasted your sauces. Kevin, who you know he's on the line, but he's he's remaining silent for now. He's tasted your sauces. You make such amazing um, sauces from the different natural ingredients that you you put together, and you jar up and then you ship it out like people can ship it out um or purchase oh, it oh yeah yeah or purchase it i think in person at certain stores certain store locations but you know it's and then you just can utilize either the sauce make it as a marinade like marinate it overnight and then grill it up but um but like it just there's so much flavor and it's so delicious
0: that's what you know it's all about the flavor even we have a new hot sauce in our line called mantra hot sauce because our mantra is to infuse your every meal with flavor every day. And it's like an every one and I, that sauce actually won best everyday hot sauce at the sauce King NYC competition. Um, that was held up in uh, snug Harbor. So it's a virtual competition, but we were recognized there and it's a really good sauce and it's something, it's like the type of sauce you can put on your eggs, on your pizza, on your cheesesteak, it's like not super hot. It's robust. It has like a little bit of like notes of garlic and spice. And it really adds that little flavor punch to anything that you put it on. So when, when I create products, I'm, really my goal is to come out with a quality product. Um, we're celebrating being in business now for eight years. And we have five products. We have two barbecue sauces, two seasoning rubs, and a hot sauce. And I really believe in quality over quantity.
2: Now, um, which one of your, I mean, you just won another award and I don't know which, if it was for. So,
0: actually two awards, which I really just totally, it blew my mind because I forgot to tell you. And so our Kansas City sauce just won a Scoby award, which is a international award um, for best kids, uh, kid-friendly hot, um, barbecue sauce. The Kansas City won best kid-friendly barbecue sauce at the SCOBY awards as first place and our Memphis mop barbecue sauce, which is our really big award winner. It's a sweet and tangy style barbecue sauce that took third place at the awards of excellence for the national barbecue association um, in Texas just recently.
2: Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs)
2: Um, I know that that is an amazing feat and you know, and it's, adding to that shelf that, that you need to put up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right. But um, you not only provide these sauces for everyone, you also created cookbooks. Um, the first one is, is basically like how to utilize the sauces. Um, and the second one, which I would love to delve into a little bit because we are getting into the warmer, you know, the warmer weather grilling season is coming about your second book cookbook is wonderful it, it the 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 green egg basics is just i mean it goes through every little nuance of information that you might need in order to handle you know your grill or any grill particular the komodo style uh right yeah <laughs> so
0: right definitely the komodo style cooker yeah yeah it, it it has like that um ceramic core to it that really retains heat for an extended period of time so uh, that would that's a huge benefit i mean versus other grills and i have so many different grills but the komodo is really one of my favorites because it's super economical on fuel consumption and it's a, it's so much easier to use than i think people give it credit for to be honest with you and that's something that you know i go over in the book and kind of demystify like how how much easier it is to use than people really think, and I go ahead and I set up the chapters by techniques. Like this time of year, you really want to get your grilling techniques going. Well, this book really covers all that: how to set up your komodo, how to light the fire, how to maintain the temperature. Um, it's all about the airflow throughout the unit, and I cover all that in the book and the tech the different techniques. So. The chapters are like hot and fast grilling if you want to do some steaks and some seafood like hot and searing them, Uh, low and slow smoking if you're really into like doing like your brisket and your pulled pork and stuff like that. And then there's some unique dishes that I put in each chapter. And then there's like a roasting chapter so you learn that technique. And to top it off, we have two baking chapters. So there's one if you like to bake savory items and one if you like to bake sweet and The benefit to that is basically you can do all that outside, so you can fry crab cakes on your Komodo, you can cook baked goods on it, you can do low and slow smoking. There's really not much you can't do on it, and for me, I love being outdoors and I love cooking outside, so a big thing for me was to get others to do the same and give them the tools necessary.
2: And I love that you did that. So for our listeners who who haven't actually um, don't have the book in front of them, what are some of the um, basics that you might, you know, say, hands down, check for, you know, X, Y and Z with your grill every you know, since it's the beginning of the grilling season uh, before you start, you know, light up that that next um, batch of meat or, you know, whatever that they sh- they decide to cook?
0: Well, with, with your Komodo, I like this time of year I would go through and I mean, I use mine pretty much all year long. So I'm kinda of maintaining it as I go. But for someone who just uses it for the summer, those things that you want to make sure is like you make sure that the bands and the nuts and bolts are kind of tightened. And I do that pretty much throughout the course of the summer anyway. And I discussed that in the book that once you set it up after the first few cooks, you should go ahead and tighten your bands and your screws and nuts and make sure, because the last thing you want is for that heavy lid to come, you know, flying off or one of your bands to break off or um, not break, but it would kind of like you you, you wouldn't get a tight seal. So I check things like that, like the seal, uh, the gasket, um, the nuts and bolts, make sure before you grill that any, just to start the season, I go through and, clean the grates and make sure there's no leftover charcoal from last summer you know I'll start I'll start fresh
2: and that's you know obviously like makes for a better um flavor as well um making sure that your seal is perfect because then you're getting the right heat and maintaining it um now as far as when they do start grilling I know that you can utilize different like wood chips and whatnot in order to infuse your meats and in I mean hey if you're you know, maybe you're making smoked mac and cheese or something to that matter. Like, who knows? But um, right. what is one of your favorite um, wood chips in, to, that you might use to uh, to grill or smoke um, foods with?
0: Uh, so I use a few different ones. I really like um, for for brisket for the big for the bigger cuts of meat. I'll use uh, a more substantial flavor smoke like a hickory or um, even like an oak. Um, I don't go as far as mesquite, but hickory or oak, uh, pecan I'll use, which is a little bit lighter. That's good for brisket. And for the, the lighter meats, or if I just want a lighter smoke, I'll do like an apple or like a, even a maple wood would, would be great. And you know, I would use something lighter. Uh, it really depends on how much of a smoke flavor you like. I know some people really love it and some people just like a little bit. I tend to use it as salt and pepper. You know, you want to just use it as a seasoning and not, you don't want it to overpower your food, and even when you're smoking like the big meats, after four hours I wrap them anyway. So this way, I don't want them to take on any more smoke after that. Um, one thing that you can do if you are smoking is to spritz your meat with uh, water or apple juice, and that, what that does is it creates a moist environment, um, and it also like it also helps this the smoke adhere to the meat. You know that the water um, will will definitely help. Or apple juice. It depends on on what you have in your in your cabinet or what you you know what you like to use.
2: Now, if you obviously, I feel like if you use apple juice in order to create that that moisture um, in your or help maintain the moisture in the meats, does it all like I I would think that it would add to the profile. It would add a little bit of sweetness oh, yeah. to the profile. Now, is that something that would go well with the pecan wood chips?
0: Yeah, I. I I believe so. I typically use apple juice in my spritz, so, and I pretty much use that for most things. For chicken, sometimes I'll use pineapple juice, like in a competition. Um, it's a little competition hint there. I but, was going
2: to you know. say, don't give too many of <laughs> those <little, goes> away. A <laughs>
0: little nugget of information, but I mean, you know, people use all kinds of stuff. I mean, some people will, you know, put grind up the rub really fine and put it in their injections. Some people will use the apple juice or apple cider or apple cider vinegar or a combination. But it really is uh, to keep it simple. I like apple juice is like universal. It gives flavor, it gives a little moisture. And, you know, most people, you know, have it or it's, e- it's easily um, easy to get it's accessible. So
2: yeah. Now the last time that you were on our show, you had had said that you were helping out um, cook at another person's Uh, establishment. But I know now that you have something bigger in the works and um, exciting to announce where people can go and be like us and taste some of the food that you've created. So what is your big announcement that you would like to let our our listeners know?
0: So, yeah, a lot of exciting things happening um, at Barbecue Buddha headquarters. Um, I've partnered with a friend of mine uh, to create a new company called R.C.'s Good Food, and we have uh, numerous plans, but the first thing that we're going to be putting into action is we're opening a restaurant, and it's called Ray's Roadside Kitchen, and that is going to be open in uh, Cream Ridge on Pinehurst Road, also known as uh, Route 539, and we're looking to open that in probably about, uh, mid July, give or take, depending on when we can get, you know, equipment and, you know, renovations taken care of. Um, but the big thing is that we're going to be basically it's, it's kind of like, I guess, in a way, a, a love letter to comfort food. And, uh, you know, we both love chicken. So, um, the, the key to the menu is going to be fried chicken, mac and cheese, stuff like that, you know, that, you know, yeah, you can get a great butcher block burger. That's, you know, they're going to be ground fresh daily, uh, big bowl salads. I'm going to do like a plate of the day, but I, the, the heart and soul of this menu is going to be the chicken. And I'm going to pair that with the barbecue sauces and we'll have our barbecue sauces and the cookbooks available for sale at the restaurant. So this has really uh, been a long time coming. I've been doing like little pop-ups here and there and trying to see what works and what doesn't work and we were going to do something um, more substantial at uh, raised cafe over the summer but then this opportunity came up and we just couldn't couldn't not do it, it it's um, you know raised roadside kitchen it's going to be where it's at <laughs> coming in late late July so
2: and I'm excited to try it because I I mean, I've definitely, are, you know, had a variety of your uh, barbecued um, meals, meats and, and creations, um, some of your breakfast meals that you created that day. I, you have an outstanding hand when it comes to um cooking. And so it would be wonderful to try what you consider comfort foods, because now you're not just looking at your grilled meats, your, you know, right. or b- slow smoked barbecue meats or whatnot, in in this case, fried chicken, um, or chicken in general, like, we're also going to be able to try some of the, the sides that you can you've created.
0: Oh, yeah. And I let me not forget the fact that you know, I was a baker for a long time and I'm definitely going to have, I don't know, I'm hoping at the beginning, but there's so many variables, but my hope is that I can, I want it to be like, um, like the community hub where people will, this is the type of place where people will gather and come to a few times a week. So to that end, I'll have um, really good coffee and some homemade baked goods, um, you know, available, um, We're going to be open probably like 11 to 8, 11 to 9, something like that. Um, So we're not necessarily doing breakfast, but, you know, it'll be a place where you could come and get lunch. You can come and get a really good baked good and a cup of coffee. Um, If you're heading down 539 on your way down to LBI or down to the shore, you could pick up maybe a bucket of chicken or some sandwiches and salads, that kind of thing, all made fresh. Um, You know, I have my whole life has been dedicated to food. I've worked in every facet that I could, and I've worked for some of the best chefs that I could for free just so I could learn. So I'm really passionate about food, and I really want to put out amazing food for people, and this, is, this restaurant is really a dream come true for me. So I'm, I'm going to work really hard to make it, you know, make it happen and make it a success and a place that people can enjoy coming back to time and time again.
2: And I'm sure that they would. And now you started by saying that this is a love letter to comfort food, but I'm almost thinking this is a love letter to your love of food. Um, okay, I mean, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty easy. I mean, you know, I think you're right on it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for you for when you open, and I look forward to to trying it out, and you know, doing maybe a live video um, when you open. But, um, Ray, before we go, where can we find you online? Where can we find your books? Where can we find uh, your sauces? Um, and where can we find you next at an event?
0: So let's start with the event. This, this coming Saturday, May 21st, I will be at the Made in Ocean County event at the New Egypt Flea Market um, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'll be selling sauces and cookbooks. And that's going to be a really, really great event. There's so many wonderful um, vendors that are going to be there and food trucks uh, from 10 to three at the New Egypt flea market. I hope everyone that's listening comes by and, and checks us out. Um, the name of my newest book is called Big Green Egg Basics from a Master Barbecuer. Uh, my books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere books are sold. Um, my website, which I do have a Shopify a store on there, you can get... Books and barbecue sauce and hot sauce and seasoning at BBQBuddha.com. That's bbqbuddha.com And uh, the name of our new restaurant is Ray's Roadside Kitchen. I just started a Facebook page and an Instagram. So if you, if you want, give us a holler at Ray's Roadside Kitchen.
2: All right, Ray. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And again, I look forward to your opening on, on Ray's Roadside Kitchen.
0: I can't wait. Thank you so much.
2: No problem. All right. So to everyone who's listening, you can find him next at the New Egypt Flea Market from 10 to 3. And check out his books, purchase them, get get his sauces, um, and enjoy eating. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining Food Farms and Chefs. And you can find Kevin Wilson at phillyrestaurantreviews.com. Uh, you can find all of our past and old episodes. You can find Jean Blum at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com or ibfoodie2 on social media. And to find me, you can go to AR on social media. Or if you'd like to be a sponsor or a guest on the show, you can email me at arpolikus at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful Tuesday.